What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today is my regular host, Curtis. And today on the show, we're going to take a closer look at the incoming 2018 class. And really what we're going to focus on is the level of production that we expect from each player in their first year on campus. Now, like, this is one of those things that it's always fun to do in the offseason because what else are we to talk about? But um, it's always difficult to do. But now that we've gone through the spring and we've got a chance to kind of see the team up close at G-Day, we have a, at least a little bit more information to work off of still, obviously, considering the positive opportunities we've had to actually observe this team, really nothing outside of G-Day, and, and then G-Day being as controlled as it is. It's still very much an incomplete picture, but we, at least at this point, have a better idea of what our areas of need are and what positions could be ripe for a freshman to come in and, and earn some early playing time, maybe even earn a starting job early on. So we will get to all of that here momentarily. But first, just want to make sure to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UJ. Love to hear your thoughts on everything going on around the program, football, baseball, whatever it might be. Love to hear your thoughts there. Uh, also want to make sure that everyone knows where to find the show you're obviously listening to us somewhere, but I want to make sure you guys know to check us out on dollarsportsradio.com. It's part of the larger V4O Internet Radio Network. You can find a lot of Georgia content there, but really just college football content in general, even some NFL content as well, if that's something you guys are interested in. So check us out there and kind of explore what V4O has to offer. You can also download the, the V4O or the Dollarsports Radio Internet app straight to your smartphone. If you prefer SoundCloud and iTunes, you can check us out there, and you can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. A lot of you have taken time to give us a rating and review. We really do appreciate all of you have done that. Uh, if, if you haven't, if you get a chance, I, I know life gets busy, man, but if you get a chance, it would be great if you could just take a few seconds to give us a rating, give us a review, give, give us a little feedback there as we continue to try to take the show to bigger and better heights, I guess, here. But all right, Kurt, uh, let's go ahead and get into this, man, because we've got a lot of players to roll through today, so let's kick it off. And what we're going to do is we're going to run through each player in the 2018 class, uh, early enrollees included. And we're going to have four options to choose from with each player. I tried to simplify this as much as possible. Uh, I think this, I don't know, there's probably, there's probably a simpler way, but we're going to go with this. The, so the four categories, Kurt, we got for each player are uh, starter, in the regular rotation, special teamer slash garbage time type player, or redshirt. So you got four options. Again, at some point, it doesn't necessarily have to be day one, but a starter at some point in the regular season, uh, in the regular rotation, kind of like in the 2D, special teamer slash garbage time or redshirt candidate. So does that make sense, Kurt? Yeah. You got that? All right. So we're going to start. Let's just start with a bang, man. And let's uh, let's kick it off with the early enrollees. And, oh, I don't know, maybe a guy by the name of Justin Fields. Where do you see him landing this year? Is this uh, going to start? I'd, I'd say playing time. Playing time. So you're going to so, like in the rotation kind of playing time? Yeah, I think he. I think they're gonna try to get him some snaps, just because the fact of the matter is, I mean, he's just one of those that has a skill set that it makes it hard to keep off the field. There's no doubt. I mean, do, do you see a scenario where he is a starter at some point in the season? Because there are there uh, are folks out there that are pointing that that's gonna be a real possibility. I think it's gonna be an ongoing battle. I don't think it's. Um, I think Fromm does have the leg up on certain things, but I. I don't. I mean, he, it's not the type. This isn't who Fromm is, but it's, he definitely can't rest on his laurels. No, no doubt, he cannot do that, and he won't do that. Look, you, you said it right when you when you started off your your answer there, and like there, there are just some things that Justin Fields can do that Jay Fromm can't do. There's just no doubt about that. So by virtue of that alone, he's probably going to have a role on this team uh, in certain situations. 
I don't know if that he's going to get you know a pre-planned series every game. I don't know if it's going to be anything like that, but I think in certain situations, whether it's short yardage, goal line, I, I think we'd be kind of crazy a guy of that ca- that talent and with his skill set to not get him on the field in some way. But uh, in terms of him potentially being a starter, like look, does he have the skill set to do that? Is he that talented? Of course he is. But it's just a little matter of a guy named Jake Fromm who took us to the national title last year. Now, granted, like he, you know, he was a true freshman. It wasn't like we put everything on Jake Fromm's shoulders. But still, as a true freshman, he didn't hold us back to the point that we got to a national title game and were within a play or so of winning that game. So it, it, I'm not, I would not be 100% stunned if somewhere along the way Justin Fields takes over. But I, I would be pretty surprised at this point. I just don't think that he's going to overtake Jake Fromm. I think... From the leg up that he got from last year, the experience he got last year, and also about think about you know we talked about this a little bit. Do the coaches really want to go into the third straight year with a true freshman quarterback? No, and think about I mean just all the trust they have in Fromm. You know the team he's he's been there, not just like that he's been there starting. He's been there in like gigantic moments, in multiple gigantic moments, and those are things like you can't teach. I mean, sure, okay. Does Fields have some things that 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 Fromm does not have, and you can't teach Fromm those things? Absolutely. But right now, Fromm, by virtue of the experience that he has in those big time moments. I think that gives him a gigantic leg up in this competition because, look, we're going to be in some of those big moments. And I, I think, I, I would imagine that Fields would be, could handle those for the most part. But do you want to throw the guy in there in those situations and risk him potentially not being 100% ready for it when you have a guy that you know is ready for those moments? So yes, I, but I mean, that's what I'm saying, barring injury. I mean, let's think about it last year. Thiessen, as good as I, I, all these things we're saying about from, if there had been an injury, it would have been very difficult for them just to bench Eason after everything he had done the year before. Absolutely. There's just no doubt about it. And as good as Fields is, as good as Fromm was last year, and as, as advanced as a quarterback as he was compared to most true freshmen, we still saw, especially early on, a scaled-down version of our offense. You know, And, and then, of course, we, we put more on his plate as the year went on. And so if you go into the season with, with Justin Fields as a quarterback, we're at least for the first part of the season going to see a scaled-down version of the offense. Now you open up with some new... Uh, with some new packages and some new looks that can kind of feature his skill set, but I just I think in an ideal world, especially with the, like the defense this year, I think it's fair to say could potentially take a small step backwards this year. I don't know if they're going to be carrying us early on the season like they did last year. I mean, well, that remains to be seen, but I think that that's, that's a fair question at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, and do you, like, mean, so, do you want to throw in a like, true freshman quarterback in there when your defense isn't quite as good as it was last year early on the season? You don't have quite as many veterans. The defense is still like really talented, but still going to be learning on the job. Do you want to have a defense that's learning and getting experience, and a true freshman quarterback who's getting experience at the same time? No, not at all. And I think that one of the biggest things is you got know, to look at our schedule. Of, the, four, of uh, the first four games, two of them are probably the tough, two of the toughest games on our schedule. Yeah. Realistically, that's not done at Missouri. Exactly. So I think. Um, you, the, the last thing you want, like you said, you're talking about the defense and everything, is also having your freshman in those two, uh, two situations to start the season. Yeah, and those are two offenses with veteran quarterbacks who can light us up if we're not ready. And we're, we're, those, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're going to be in a shootout in those games, but those teams can score. They have good players on offense, uh, whether it's Drew Locke and Jake Bentley. You got Debo Samuel coming back. You got Brian Edwards over there with uh, with South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, they've got some. I mean, in Missouri's got every offensive lineman coming back. They got the top two rushers coming back this year. You got the probably the best tight end in the country, our best tight end in the SEC. And I'm gonna call him Albert O. I can't Oka Wakamanum, however you pronounce his last name. Had 11 touchdowns last year. I mean, they have legit options out there. You got Emmanuel Hall coming back. Like those offenses can score, all right. And our defense is gonna be really young or early in the season. We're gonna be really talented, but we're gonna be really young. And it's feasible to think that both those teams can score a couple points on us. And therefore, to win those games, we're going to have to score. And I think we can score with Justin Fields, but 
both those games being on the road in those types of environments, do you want to put a guy in there that hasn't had the experience, hasn't experienced that yet? When you got a guy like Jake Fromm who performed like he did last year and has been in those big time moments, moments way bigger than he's going to be in at South Carolina and at Missouri. So for me, I'm with you. I think that uh, Fields will play. Uh, and he should play. And I think he's going to be a, a part of our rotation. I don't think it's going to be a regular rotation or anything. But I don't think he's going to be a starter day one. I don't think he's going to be a starter, barring injury, like you said, at any point this year. Now, next year, I don't know. We'll see once he gets some experience under his belt. But um, right now, I wouldn't say he's a day one starter. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next guy. Now, he's coming off an injury here. Uh, and so it's kind of, it's very tough. But from all accounts, Zamir White uh, is recovering at a pretty rapid Even Kirby kind of slipped up and made a, a comment to that effect. Uh, during one of his post-practice press conferences during the spring. So Zamir White, Curtis, this year, do you see him as a guy that's going to be a starter? Is he going to be in the in the regular rotation, or is he kind of just a special t- special team or garbage time guy coming off the injury? Or is he redshirt coming off the injury? Um, I think it's 100% he's going to be in the rotation. Um, I don't think there's any other th- other thing. I mean, we, we know we've got uh, Harry and Holyfield ahead of him and Swift. Um, but I and I think that he's got a leg up right now on Cook. And uh, well, Cook's so just I, a different I, back. Cook is, he's almost more of a. I don't say he's a receiver. He can fill so many different roles. I don't know if he's a true tailback tailback. You know? yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I think either way, though, I think he's going to be in the rotation. I yeah. mean, especially he might not be in the rotation much at the beginning of the first uh, four games, five games, so he get, you know, maybe two or three carries a game. But by, by the time the season goes on, I do see him definitely in the rotation. I'm very, very curious to see what he's going to be doing come fall camp. Like, that's the number one thing I'm going to be looking for, like, the first week or two of fall camp is – what are we hearing about Zamir White? Is this guy, is he dressed out? Is he in full pads? Is he full go? Uh, or, or is he he's dressed out but he's not full contact? Because, you know, everything that we've heard is this guy is recovering at a really rapid rate. And going back to what we, what we talked about during the spring, you know, when Nick Chubb was coming off, come off of his injury, Kirby's first year, in the spring he was doing some like doing some run polish stuff, not full contact. Obviously he was out there running, cutting, doing some of that polish stuff. And that's what Zamir White was doing this spring. And then we saw obviously now Nick Chubb was not 100% himself. Uh, that first year uh, of the Kirby Smart regime, but he was still out there playing uh, day one, and he was back for fall camp. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that for Zamir White, but just by virtue of him coming off the injury, I don't think he's going to be 100%, even if he is ready game one. So I'd, with him not being 100%, you got guys like DeAndre Swift and, and Elijah Holyfield, even Harry, like you mentioned. Those guys are probably going to be the ones getting the first totes, but I think he's going to be in the rotation as the season goes along, and he gets healthier and healthier and gets more comfortable with that knee. I think this guy... Could like, is it feasible to say that he could potentially later in the season push to be that number two guy or like splitting carries with with DeAndre Swift? Eh, he could, but I, I mean, I also think that Holyfield's gonna be a. Uh, I think Holyfield's gonna be that guy. I do. Yeah, I think for, I, I can see a, a a battle for two and three for him. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just hard. Carries, which is still some good carries. Yeah, I, can, I mean, it's just hard to predict with the injury. You just there's just no way to know. Like we don't have the information right now. But so if he if he gets to where he is 100, percent I think he could definitely compete with Holyfield to get some of those number two carries. Uh, but there's just no way to know what his health is going to be. We just don't know. I think it's I think he'll be ready to play pretty early in the season. I just but I'm with you. I think Holyfield's done too much right now. I think he's too talented to. Uh, to kind of seed that spot, at least early in the season. So I'm going to go in the regular rotation once he gets 100% healthy there. Another early enrollee, Cade Mays, who's working at uh, primarily right tackle during the spring. How do you see his role? So you get, I, do you see him taking that starting role? Cause he's, I see him more as a garbage time player right now. Yeah, and, 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 as and a, it's I'm, nothing about his talent. I think it's just the fact that he's a second teamer. And offensive line, if someone's doing their job, you don't really rotate them out. That's the thing. Offensive line, it's just you're just 
cohesiveness is so important. It's all about, you know, that team, the, the O-line gelling together and everything. So the last thing you want to do is rotate players in and out yeah. if the guy in front of him is doing his job. Yeah, and you might like, – some offensive lines have like that six-man where they rotate him at different spots. He can play a little tackle, play a little guard, that kind of thing. But even then, you don't see it all that much because you're right. It's all about gelling. It's all about being able to play with the guy next to you, understand what he's going to do, and being able to play off of each other. Uh, because you guys just work in tandem so closely, with it, whether it's combo blocks, scoop blocks, whatever it might be. Uh, so look, I right now the, the, I will say to like in his favor here at right tackle, he's fighting with Isaiah Wilson, who is a redshirt freshman himself and is not a guy who got really any playing time at all last year. So I do think there's an opening there. It's not like he's trying to overtake uh, like a two or three year starter, right? Yeah, like it's an open competition. It's just. The fact, well, Isaiah Wilson was here last year, right? He's got a year in this system. He's a year bigger, year stronger. And Isaiah Wilson, let's not forget, was a five-star recruit himself. It'd be different if they were both true freshmen. Right. They're both true freshmen. Totally different story. But, I mean, let's not forget how big of a recruit Isaiah Wilson was and how we all felt when we landed him. And from all all accounts, had a really good spring. Um, So did Mays, but Wilson didn't do anything to see territory or see ground there. And, you know, of course, all we got to see was a little bit there. At G Day, but I thought he looked really good on G Day. You know, uh, especially going against one of our, probably our premier pass rusher, DeAndre Walker, for a lot of the day. And I thought he held up really well. Outside of one play where he just completely had a blown assignment, and just didn't get a hand on him. He just he looked inside and shouldn't have, and then Walker got to the quarterback. But I thought he played really well. So I, it's just it's gonna be really hard for him to overtake Isaiah Wilson. But uh, I think he, he's certainly got a shot. But I'm with you. I think if he does overtake Wilson right now, I would not project him to. I think he'll be kind of a garbage time guy. You know, just getting some snaps there late in games when we're, when we're blowing teams out. But I'm really high on his future, and I'm very excited to have him on the team, there's no doubt. Uh, all right, Britton Cox. This is a guy that made a lot of waves during the spring. Do you see him? Now, he did not start G-Day as a starter, but he certainly flashed. Do you see him as a starter, or is he a guy that's going to be more of a rotation-type player? Because I think I he's think one he'll of the be two. A rotation. I honestly think he'll be a rotation player, but one that gets a lot of snaps. I just don't see him being the guy, you know, when that starting roster's announced that he's out there. But I, de- I definitely see him getting quite a few snaps. So talented. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's going to – he's – already one of the better pass rushers on the team. I think maybe right behind DeAndre Walker. Um, but he's also big enough to play to play the run really well. Because uh, there, there's some talking coming out of high school. You know, maybe his body will grow into like a five technique. I don't think so. I think he's an outside linebacker, especially if you saw him at G-Day. And he's just got that body. He, he's Yes, he's got you know about 245 pounds on him or so, but he, it's a slim 245. He, he really carries it around well. Um, and he's explosive at that weight. I just I, – I, honestly with him, I think it's going to be more like game plan specific. Depending on the team that we play, how much time he's going to get, but he's going to play. Like there's just there's almost no doubt about that at this point. I don't see him as a starter because right now he'd probably be playing the position DeAndre Walker does, right? Yeah, more or less. And I just don't like. How, is he as good as DeAndre Walker right now? I don't think you can say that. I just I really don't at this point. He might grow into that in a couple of years. I just just not there right now. And he doesn't have the versatility of a guy like Walter Grant, who's going to be doing a lot of things that Lorenzo Carter was doing for us last year. So I don't think he's going to start. And either of those positions, but he will play and play a lot. I think he's definitely in the rotation there. Uh, all right, next one here, uh, Trey Hill, a guy who was also, like Britton Cox, making some waves as spring practice went on, playing guard primarily for us there. Do you see him? Here's another guy. I, I, I think, is he in the same boat as Cade Mays? Yeah, I think he is, especially when you've got two guys who have differences. He's got two guys that have played ahead of him. Right. So uh, I definitely see him in uh, garbage time. Yeah, I mean, could he, could he make could he potentially make a move for that left guard spot where Kendall Baker occupied last year? That he he was, could, but he's also got a heck of a guy to go against when you also mentioned Salier. Yeah, we're going to come up to him pre- in a minute. Yeah, Mays is the premier tackle of his class, where you know Hill is not the only premier guard. Yeah, 
And he is trying to overtake an incumbent starter in Kendall Baker or maybe even an incumbent starter in Ben Cleveland, although he was playing primarily left guard there. I just I don't see it. So if he doesn't, I don't see him starting day one or at any point throughout the season barring injury. So if that doesn't happen, again, like what we said earlier, I don't think you're going to really rotate the offensive line like you do other positions. So I think you're right, more of a, a garbage time type player his first year. Could we potentially redshirt him or is he too good for that? Too good to redshirt. Well, he's uh, honestly, if you're in the two deep, you shouldn't redshirt. I think he's going to be in the two I deep. I mean, he, he very well could be like a six man type guy. Uh, I mean, he's just some guy that, especially, I mean, because the thing is, it looks like Baker's type guy. Say there's an injury at tackle, that Baker, or uh, a tackle, Baker could Baker slides out. Yeah, and Hill could then move into that guard. Yeah, that's what was happening during the spring when, when Hill was getting reps, because there were, you know, there were some reports that he was getting reps with the ones at left guard, but. If you put it in bigger context, that was when Baker was sliding out to tackle because we had to cross-train him there in case there's some sort of injury. So I, I, I do think that Baker – well, I don't say – I don't, I don't want to spoil it here. You've got Jamari Sire coming up here in a few minutes. But I don't know if Baker holding that spot. I'm just not sure Trey Hill's going to be the guy to take it. Is that fair? Yeah. All right, next guy, another uh, top 247 recruit, number 130 nationally according to the 247 composite four-star prospect out of Peach County. Karish Jackson uh, is a wide receiver. Now, he was here as an early enrollee. Uh, I thought he looked pretty solid at G-Day from what we got to see from him. He didn't catch a lot of passes, but he was doing some solid things out there, running routes, blocking. Do you see him as a contributor this year? I, I, I don't see him as a starter. Do you? I see him as a garbage-time special teams player. Definitely a special team. The guy with that kind of speed. He's also a, he's like right about six foot, about two hundred pounds. But it's a, a, a guy like that is thick, solid, and fast, right? So he he is definitely a special teamer. And there's no doubt about it. Um, and I you know like we did with Tyler Simmons last year and and Blunt coming in blocking and so like when those guys came in like you knew it was gonna be a, a run of some sort. Like typically one of the runs of the outside where we kind of had them crack back on the linebackers, the defensive ends. I could see us using Jackson in that way this year. I really could. Because um, he's just a big physical guy out there that can definitely do some things blocking on the perimeter. But outside of maybe that role, I think you're right, special team or garbage time type guy in a stretching year. I think he can be a good player for us moving forward. I just think right now with Nicole Hardman, with Riley Ridley, with Terry Godwin, I mean, where is he going to play right now? I mean, you got JJ Holliman coming back. Is he going to play over those guys? I just I don't see it right now. You got Crumpton who also Akil Crumpton made some plays in the spring. I just don't see him getting in, in the rotation over those guys at this point. Tyler Simmons as well. Um, next guy here, uh, now, well, we got to skip to Vaude Wilson, unfortunately. It sounds like he was really making some waves, and Kirby had some big plans from this year. But he got injured, so it looks like he's probably going to be out for the year, or at least most of the year. Warren Erickson uh, looks like he's potentially being groomed as a center of the future out of North Gwinnett High School. What do you see from him? Uh, garbage time. Okay, so I see, I can see garbage time. Could you also maybe see a situation where he redshirts? Uh, you could, but he's he's like you said, he's on the second. Yeah, if he that, if he can hold down that second string center spot, I don't think he redshirts. But if if someone else slides into that spot, you know, then then we could redshirt him. But if like, right now it's like he was working with the twos at center. Now we have some more guys coming in in the in the uh, in the summer. But I think if he stays that spot, I think he'll probably see some garbage time because you just can't afford to redshirt your number two offensive center. You just can't do it. Uh, all right, and a guy coming in from the JUCO ranks, Devontae Wyatt, uh, was part of our 2017 class, or supposed to be originally, but then didn't quite qualify. Goes to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas for a year. Now he's back um, as a defensive tackle, number five JUCO recruit in the country last year. I don't think he's going to start, Curtis, but does this guy see a lot of playing time? I mean, we honestly have to have him. Like, there's no choice. He's going to have to play. 
Like, we just don't have the interior line. We don't have enough of them. We're just, there's a dearth of them. Right now, we've got, okay, yeah, Tyler Clark's going to be a beast. We've got Rochester, who I don't, I mean, I'm still not sure what Julian's going to play. Like, he didn't play much. I thought he was going to be a, more of a, of a nose guard for us, but what we saw in G-Day, he was playing more of like a three-tech. He wasn't playing much on that zero nose. He was That was more down to Quan Hawkins Muckle. You got Michael Barnett, um, who was injured, didn't really get to play at all through most of the spring. You got Mikhail Carter, who I'm still waiting for him to come on. This is a guy that was recruited. He was rated highly higher than Tyler Clark coming out of high school, but he just hasn't quite clicked for him yet. I'm not going to give up on him. It hasn't clicked for him yet. But that's about all we've got as interior defense alignment. We are going to have to have this guy play. So the question becomes starter or rotation? And it's rotation, right? Yeah. At this point, I don't think he's going to be a starter. I mean, he's not going to play over Tyler Clark. Probably not going to play over Julian right now. But I think, you know, if he comes in and plays really well, maybe. But right now, I think it's a safer bet to say he's in the rotation because he's going to have to be in the rotation. All right, let's get to some of the guys that have not yet arrived. Well, they'll be getting here in a couple of weeks, right? The 1st of June, the rest yeah, of 2018 class. It's getting here, man. God, it's crazy. It's getting football here before we know it. All right, so we're going to start with the – with the five-star guys, obviously, and Jamari Salyer from Pace Academy in Atlanta, top 10 national recruit, five-star player, offensive guard, 6'4", 342. I think, honestly, the question becomes for him, is he going to start? I think there's a very good chance. Um, you know, we'll find out more in fall camp, but I think they're going to give him every opportunity. I, I could honestly see him starting off as a rotation player where they try to get him some snaps just to see what he can do. This is a more, tough one. More so, get, get him snaps in games more so than just garbage time snaps. Yeah, I can see that. Now, here's a guy that, man, I really wish he was an early enrollee. Because if this guy enrolled early, I think he might be starting day one. I really I do. Agree. I think he, I think he could take that spot from Kendall Baker. And, and I mean, Kendall played he played admirably for us last year, but Kendall just has some limitations. He just doesn't have the body that Jamari Sawyer has. I mean, Jamari Sawyer is six four, three hundred forty pounds. And is as quick as you're going to find at the guard position. I mean, honestly, he's about as good of a guard prospect as, as come out of high school in the past five or so years. That's how good this guy is. But when you're coming in in the summer and you've got a couple of weeks to earn a job, as opposed to you know the couple of weeks in the fall, plus you got spring practice as well. You kind of make a, like basically it's like you make a name for yourself in spring. You kind of make a move there, and then you make another move in the fall. Well, he doesn't have the spring to work off of, so. By virtue of that, I think it's going to be tough. Now, it's not out of the question because he is that good. He's that talented. But, man, I just don't know. And it's like we saw the other guys. If he doesn't start, are we going to rotate them in? I think you made an argument there that that's feasible. Like, you know, if he's that good, you want to get him in there just to see what he can do early in the season, maybe to see if he does deserve to start. Oh, man, it's a tough one for me. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Jamari Salyer is going to be – a starter at some point this season. I'm not going to say day one. I'm going to say he's going to start at some point this season. He will take that job from Kendall Baker. Are you with me on that at some point? I could see that very well, yeah. All right, next guy. I'm very interested to see here what you had to say about him. Tyson Campbell. We have a need at defensive back. About 6'2", 6'2 180 pounds. The number 12 player nationally, according to the 247 composite. Five-star player, obviously, out of American Heritage down in South Florida. James Coley's uh, connection down there really paying off for us. Does Tyson Campbell start this year because again he's another guy i think he's either he's starting or he's in the rotation i think he starts off in the rotation but very well pushed it, like, another thing similar to salier starts in the rotation the first couple games try to get him in there get the communication down but very well could become a starter just because of the need and uh it really i think one thing that's really hinges on it for him is uh what we're going to get out of d'angelo gibbs now that we know he's actually back in school well he's in school but we don't know he's back with the team yet well that's that's why i said what, what yeah we're gonna see 
we know he's back in school. We got to see, you know, what the next step is with yeah. him. But that is a I huge think, step I for Gibbs. That has a lot to do with what happens with Campbell. A hundred percent. Because before we heard the Gibbs news, if you guys haven't heard that, D'Angelo Gibbs is enrolled in classes for Maymester, so that should put him on track to be able to rejoin the team. Will he rejoin the team? We don't know. Maybe he already has. We don't have that information. We just know that he has enrolled in classes, which is a huge first step and an essential first step. But prior to that happening, what I was looking at, like for me, in an ideal world next year, it would be that Tyson Campbell would have been ready enough to play, and he could have played at the corner opposite DeAndre Baker, and you slide Mark Webb inside to play star because Webb's a bigger, more physical guy, or he's just I mean, maybe not bigger. I mean, he's about a about the same height, but he's just thicker. And I think he could hold up against the run a little bit better than Campbell could. And I, I like I like that lineup a lot. But now with Gibbs back, potentially back, if Gibbs is back with the team, now, now remember this is a guy that had that had shoulder surgery, did not take part in any practice uh, during the spring, so he's got a long way to come just from getting his body back into shape. But he has some time to do that. But Gibbs is a star all day long, right? Yeah. So if that happens, it's like okay, well now you got three guys. You got Campbell, you got Mark Webb, who the coaches are clearly very high on. And you've got D'Angelo Gibbs, so they're vying for three spots. Okay, I think I think Webb is the one that's versatility play outside or inside at star. For two spots. Right, I think I think he can play two spots, and that's very viable. Campbell, I think is I think he's a corner all day long. Now he could play safety too. He played a lot of safety in high school, but I think we're going to target him as a corner. I, I don't see Campbell playing inside at all. I don't see him playing star. Uh, and Gibbs is a star all day long. Could play safety. I don't see Gibbs playing outside a corner. Do you? Uh, no, Gibbs, yeah, like you said, Gibbs will either be a, st- uh, a star or a strong safety. Or a safety, yeah, absolutely. So, to me, I am I think it's going to come, if Gibbs is back on this team, it's going to be a battle between Tyson Campbell and Mark Webb for that corner spot. That's probably what will come out. Unless, you know, we you know Campbell's just too good to keep up the field and we think the Webb is, we like him better there at Gibbs than Gibbs. We don't know. We just don't have that situation to play out. I'm just going to say this. Tyson Campbell is a freakish athlete with freakish length. He's the prototype of what we want at quarterback. The length, the 6'2 and a half, I mean, the he's speed. The, he's the heir apparent to uh, take, over for, take over for Baker. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt he'll be starting as a sophomore. Clearly, that's going to – I mean, I, I would be stunned if that – I shouldn't say clearly, but I would be stunned if, that's gonna, if that doesn't happen. But this is a guy – I don't know if you guys saw this. He put up a 10-300 meter. 10-300 meter run. That's insane. To put that in context, Miko Harbin, we all think he's really fast, right? Yeah, Miko Harbin in high school ran 10-600 meter. Tyson Campbell put up a 10-3. That's insanity. So this guy is an elite athlete with elite – and by the way, he did the 10-3 at 6-2.5. That's crazy talk. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm saying Tyson Campbell is going to be a day-one starter. Not just starter. I'm gonna, like At some point in the season, I'm going to say day-one starter at corner, Tyson Campbell. I could be so wrong there. I don't know, but I just – like that, what, we have a need there. He's got the size, the length we want, and he's got the athleticism, the speed. I just, I don't, I don't know how we keep him off the field. I think he's one of those type of players. We'll see. But I, I right now, I'm going to go on a limb and say day one starter. Uh, next guy up here, another uh, five star recruit, number eighteen, national, their top twenty guy, Adam Anderson from Rome, Georgia. He's a, a pass rusher extraordinaire, Curtis. But does he start? Uh, no, he doesn't I start, but I think he's in the rotation, especially on, like you said, uh, since he's so good at pass rush that he'll come in on passing situations just to create pressure, kind of like uh, Walker did at yeah. first. Yeah, kind of like Walker did uh, first his first couple years. And even to start off, like, as the season went along, we used Walker, especially late in the season, we used him in a lot of different roles. But early in the season, he was like a pass rushing extraordinary type guy. You bring him on third down situation, obvious passing downs, you get, let him get after the quarterback, pin his ears back. I think that's what we're going to do with Anderson. Uh, Anderson's got to put on some weight, uh, but – 
from what I understand, he's actually doing a pretty good job of that right now. He's up to around 2, 225, 230. He was played most of last year, about the 215 range. I have gone on record many times saying just at, at – Size, regardless of size, just his ability to rush the passer, his, his explosiveness off the ball. I think he was the best pure pass rusher in the 2018 class. Now you need to add some weight. He's got the frame to do it at six four. So, but if he if he can get up to two twenty five, two thirty this year, I really think this guy is going to be in the rotation as, as one of those pass rushing guys that comes in as a specialist on third down situations. So I see him in the rotation, just not necessarily as a starter this year. Not next year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I think in 2018, he's going to be more of a situational type guy for us. All right, next one on the list here, a guy that I'm very high on, Curtis. I'm curious to see where you think he's going to – or what he's going to end up doing this year. That's Quay Walker at a Crips County, a guy who just missed five-star stats. I mean, he was like the next guy. Uh, I think the guy before him was a five-star. He was so like Quay Walker. I think he was like the first four-star, the highest-rated four-star, number 31 nationally according to the 247 composite. 6'4", 236. Got some versatility in his game. Played a little inside, played a little outside last year in high school for Chris County. What do you see in his future in 2018? Is he going to start? Is he going to be a rotation guy? I think he's going to push for starting position. I don't think day one, but I definitely think he's going to push throughout the first year. I still say the two things I, I – well, I should say two things. The one thing I'm most concerned about is our ability to stop the run up the middle this year. Because I, I don't think we, – we, I like our frontline guys on the defensive line. I don't like our depth there. And linebacker, I think we're we're good but not great right now. Uh, and I think Monty Rice is a really good player. Uh, he's just not the athlete that Quay Walker is. Now, Monty Rice has been here for a year. He knows the system, so he'll probably have a little bit of a head up there. But even Jawan Taylor, I just don't see Jawan Taylor as that guy from day one. I just don't see it. Uh, maybe he proves me wrong. It'd be awesome if he did. If he if he raised his game to that level, it'd be fantastic. We need him to. I just those guys just do not have the athletic ability and the skill set that Quay Walker has. They just don't. Now, the question for me is: Will Quay Walker be able to, to come in in one summer? and learn all the intricacies of Kirby Smart's uh, linebacking position because that is a key player in Kirby Smart's defensive scheme, Mel Tucker's defensive scheme. Now we have Natchez Patrick there that will be able to kind of be able to lean on. Natchez and take over some of the play calling responsibilities, things like that. But still, it's, it's a very critical position. You saw that when, when Alabama had all those injuries last year with Sean Dion Hamilton, you got guys coming in there like Mac Wilson. Yeah, those guys are really talented, but they didn't always know what to do. And there was a drop-off there. So I, I'm hesitant to say he's going to be a day-one starter. I'm with you there just because of, of the learning curve. But he has the, the the body and the skill set to be able to do it. And I also think he has the path to playing time because I just don't think there are any true superstars in front of him. And there's not an incumbent starter there at that position. What I saw in G-Day, I thought Monty Rice played pretty well. I thought, I thought he actually played pretty, really well in G-Day. Now, granted, he was going against the number two offense for most of the day. But I just I don't think there's an incumbent starter that it's just going to be impossible for him to pass up. So I, I do think there's a strong chance somewhere down the road that he's going to be a starter this year. I just I'm not going to say day one, but I'll say this just to be safe, rotation guy for sure. You're going to go there with me? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I, I even day one. I think he's going to get some time day one uh, or game one. I just don't think he'll start game one. Uh, next guy up here, uh, we mentioned him briefly earlier in the show, James Cook out of Northwestern High School, Miami. Um, obviously, brother Dalvin Cook, number 41 prospects, another top 50 guy for us. There's a ton of them. Uh, do you see him getting a ton of playing time this year? Where do you see Not him fitting really. Even as versatile as he is, we just have so many other weapons. Like in the slot, you've got Nicole, you've got. Uh, uh, you got Crumpton. You got yeah, Swift, Crumpton, who does a lot of the same things that Cook can do. And see, Swift is just as good as. Or he's not as good as a receiver, but he's very. He's an above average receiver. So, I mean, I just don't see him getting a lot of reps. They may try to get him some special plays. 
but other than that, I don't see him doing a lot. Yeah, it's just it, it's just hard for me because you're right because we have so many guys that can do a lot of what he brings to the table this year. And him coming in as a true fresh and these guys having some experience, it's hard for him to kind of overtake them. Now, his versatility will give him an opportunity to get on the field in some way. I just, But you're right. Like, okay, playing in the slot? Oh, well, okay, well, you've got Miko Harbin there. You've got Terry Goblin that can play in the slot. You've got Akil Crumpton that plays in the slot. They play the slot almost exclusively there. you got, like you said, DeAndre Swift who does a lot of – basically what we would probably – what you would think we'd use James Cook as this year, we used Swift. Swift in that way last year, and why wouldn't we use him again that way? And let's not forget, Brian Harrigan's a really good receiver out of the backfield as well. Uh, and I don't think that Cook's a true line him up in the I formation type team. And I'm, I'm not saying he can't take some snaps there and do that. He can, but he's not. He's a, just a different type guy than than like Gazimir White is. So for me, I don't know. Would you lean more towards rotation or special teamer, garbage time type guy? Uh, special teamer. Yeah, I can see him on special teams, right? I can see, I can see him there. He's got the athleticism, so sure, I'll go, I'll go there. I think he'll get some time on the field this year. I don't think he's in a red shirt, but I just, I don't see him in the rotation. Uh, here's another guy. I'm interested to see what you say here because we got a couple guys that that are now veterans. Man, hard to believe they're now veterans and they play the same position. That's Luke Ford, tight end, six six, about two fifty, coming out of Cartersville, Illinois, number fifty one player nationally. I, that that position's just got so many guys right now. I mean, at least three guys that, that have played a lot of football for us. Where do you see Luke Ford fitting in in 2018? I actually see him in the rotation just because Jackson Harris is so bad that he could be that third guy. Well, think about last year. We used four guys at times last year. I mean, Jackson Harris was the fourth guy last year, and he played a fair amount. You know, he wasn't a guy that was in there like, you know, 15 plays a game, but there were situations where there was goal line, short yards, whatever it is, where we would use four tight ends in certain packages. We would go heavy. You know, Jim Chain. I mean – He's the one thing about Cheney is he will formation teams to death. He he throws so many formations at you that you have to that you have to prepare for. And part of his pack, one of the packages he has is that heavy formation that requires four tight ends. And I think Luke Ford will probably be the fourth tight end, potentially could be the third tight end over Jackson Harris, right? Yeah, I think I, I very well could see uh, both Ford and who you'll get to later uh, Fitzpatrick both being higher than uh, Harris. Yeah, I mean Harris is you know. More of a blocker by trade, and you know, that—that's his skill set. Could even do that on G Day. Yeah, it was rough for him on G Day. There's no doubt. But Luke Ford, like I mean, I don't want to just pigeonhole this guy. And say, well, he's just a receiving talent. The guy is six six two fifty. I think he can. Hold, I think he can hold up on the on the line as an inline tight end blocking if we need him in certain situations, or maybe even as an H back an insert block type guy. I think we can do a lot of things. I think he. Yeah, one thing we gotta remember with him and like people like that too, especially a lot can change. Remember David Marshall two years ago? We were, you know, we were shooing this guy in for a red shirt. Then all yeah. of a sudden he shows up to fall camp, jacks because as soon as they sign and get these workouts, it's up to them to change it. So he very well could be at two sixty now. I mean, like he has such a huge frame that he could play at two sixty five, two seventy. Yeah. and I don't really think you would see that much of a drop. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes this this projection thing so difficult because. We know what these guys looked like when they were in high school. They, like the, when they played their last game as a senior in high school. We don't know what they look like now, what they've done in the offseason. Now they've got the, the training program, the manual that's sent to them, and they're working out on their own. Like you just don't know. So it's hard to predict. You're right, David Marshall's a great example. Uh, he put on about 25, 30 pounds of good, strong, physical weight when he came in, and he was ready to play day one. Um, so maybe Luke Ford, because you're right, I think he has the frame to handle that kind of weight, 265 for sure. I just don't know. We'll see what he looks like when he, when he gets to campus here in a couple of weeks. But... I think he's going to play. Uh, I don't see him overtaking Nada or Warner, do you? No, not at all. Yeah, not not at this point. Those guys just play too much football. And those guys are uh, those are big-time recruits in their own right. And they're highly talented guys anyway. So 
I don't think he's going to start, uh, but I do think he's going to be a rotation guy and, and definitely fit into certain packages when we go heavy. There's no doubt there. All right, Otis Reese is the next guy up here from Lee County. We were able to flip him from Michigan late in the process. Top 100 prospect, 6'4", 206. I don't know. I mean, there's still some conversation about where he fits. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker, inside linebacker long-term? Because, you know, 6'4", 210-ish uh, already in, for throughout his senior year in high school. Does he put on enough weight to play inside linebacker? I don't know what where he projects I right now. I think he's more of a garbage type guy right now, so you really find where, what position he plays. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think right now he's probably a tweener until he gets his body until we see what his body does, and his body will certainly be in the process of growing it, adding the weight he needs to add on, and kind of just doing what it's going to do throughout his freshman year. But I I don't think he's going to be big enough to play inside linebacker at this point. Nor do I think that there's a path to playing time for him right now at safety. I mean, is he going to overtake J.R. Reed or Richard LeCount? No. Not this year, so I'm with you. I think definitely 100% a special teams player, right? Yeah. And those guys are so valuable. That's one thing. You've got to have those guys. We don't, people don't think about that. They think, like, who's going to start offense? Who's going to start defense? You've got to have guys out there that can kill people on special teams. I mean, think about DeAndre Walker. Before he made a name for before he did anything as a, as a guy that was going to be in the major rotation for us, he was ripping heads off as a headhunter on special teams. And the guy was an elite special teams player. I think Reese can be that type of guy with his size, his speed, his athleticism. I think he's going to be a really good special teams player for us. No doubt. I think Quay Walker is going to be one of those guys as well. Uh, next guy is another guy I think is going to be fighting with Quay Walker. Definitely going to be in the mix there to get one of those inside linebacker spots. Is Channing Tindall out of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, just outside the top 100 nationally at 103. 6'2", about 215 in high school. Where do you see him ending up for us in his freshman year? Um, I can see him in the rotation. I, I'm with you. I think with I think the safe thing to say, I think he's gonna have a chance to win that job. I think him and Quay Walker both gonna be given every opportunity to to fight for that job. There's no doubt there. Kirby is all about competition, and we just don't have a, a superstar right there at that position. That's an incumbent starter. So I think he's gonna have an opportunity. I don't think he's gonna necessarily be the day one starter, but I will think I do think he's gonna be a rotation player, kind of like what we saw with Monty Rice at times last year, right? I think you can see something like that. Or maybe like a Reggie Carter was last year before he, had, he was forced into early playing time. Or, or starting top playing time, I should say. So yeah, I, I, I like Tyndall. I'm very high on him. I Actually, I think I've gone on record multiple times that I think Tyndall, there's a very good argument to make that Quay Walker and Chain Tyndall could be the linebacking, the inside linebacking core of the future for us. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, this guy I was really high on as a pass rusher out of Marietta, but he tore his ACL and so he's probably in line for a redshirt this year. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, next one up here, Nadav Joseph, a guy that we were able to flip from Alabama very late in the process. Uh, he's a DB. I think he's got some versatility to his game, play corner, could play safety. Uh, six one and a half, 180, number 175 nationally. What do you see him doing for us in 2018? Um, I'll see either redshirt or garbage time slash special teams. I don't think you can redshirt a guy like Nadav Joseph just because of special teams. I think he's going to play special teams. Well, yeah, that's what I think, yeah. I think that especially when you, you've lost some of these special teams guys we've had, like Jaleel LeGuinz and stuff like that, who are our good special teams players, that we are going to need some of these new younger guys to step in and play these play that role. I also think Nadav Joseph could work himself into the two deep at safety. He could, he, and that's the thing. That's why I said garbage time because I think uh, it's it's the opportunity's there. It's just for him to seize it because all I mean the people ahead of him like Trey Bishop and stuff. He's a lot more polished than they yeah, are. Yeah, Trey Bishop and Latavius Green. I mean, you heard Kirby Smart like call the goes call those two out by name in a press conference this spring. Now maybe that was just a, a motivation okay. play, which I'm sure it was. But the fact is, those guys have not submitted themselves to the number two players or the number in the two team. They were basically there by default, right? Because we had nobody else to play safety in the spring. 
you, well, you have Nadab Joseph. You, get, you introduce some competition in, into the playing field there. And, of course, Bishop, who's a very talented athlete in his own right, and Brini, they have a leg up because they've been there. But, hey, Joseph's no slouch. I mean, this guy can come in and, and, and can certainly contend for the two deep. And if he does end up landing himself in, in the two deep rotation there, I don't think like, like it, it's kind of like the offensive line. You don't rotate the safeties a ton. But when you're too deep, you can't redshirt him, especially if you can play special teams. It's too valuable like that. So I'd say garbage time, special teamer. I'm with you there. Uh, a big body wide receiver from Texas. We've got Tommy Bush coming in at 196 nationally, four star prospect, 6'5, 191. Definitely that big body we're looking for out wide. But what role do you see him having as a true freshman? I see him getting redshirted very similar to Landers where he has, he has a big body, but with that big body, you still have to be able to put on the muscle. So I can see them with Landers where uh, they try to give him this, this off, you know, this full season to put on some more weight and just be a, you know, a stronger receiver with strong hands and stuff. I actually agree with you here. I, I, I'm high on his potential long term, but I just I think we're too deep at receiver right now. Uh, I'm not sure he's a guy that's going to come in day one and just wow everybody where he's going to overtake everyone. Um, I, so I, I do think he's probably going to redshirt. Matt Landers is a really good example of a guy that has a similar body type that, that probably worked well for him last year. And also, like, with, with the receivers, typically those guys are not special team players. Typically not. Like, a guy like Tommy Bush, I don't see him out there, you know, chasing down guys on a kickoff. I don't see him that. You want bigger, more physical guys, more defensive type players. I'm not saying that offensive guys can't do it. Kyrus Jackson's a guy who's got a big enough physical body that can do that. Tommy Bush. Yeah, yeah most receivers are tall and lanky. Where yeah, you don't you don't get tall and lanky receivers out there doing that. You get a guy like Kyrus Jackson who's a solid off guy. He's like five eleven, six foot, two hundred two hundred ten like, pounds. Uh, Holloman, like Holloman, like right, right. Not, not the tall lanky people like yeah. him and Landers. Yeah, I just I don't see that happening. Uh, another guy who's kind of got you know one of the earliest commits in the 2018 class kind of got lost in the shuffle with how we closed so strongly, but Chris Smith out of Hapeville Charter. Uh, number 306 prospect, nationally four-star player. Where do you see him fitting in in 18? I think he's going to redshirt. I think he could do special teams, but I think he'd be more valuable to redshirt and try to you know get comfortable in that position, uh, similar to William Poole. Yeah, look, Chris was a guy I, I had a chance to be live a couple times this past year, and I really liked what I saw out of him. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's about 5'10", 5'11", maybe, uh, and about 170 pounds, possibly around that weight. But he's got really good ball skills. He's got good hips. He has all those things. He, he reminds me a lot of Tyreek McGee, honestly. Like he's that kind of size and has really good ball skills. It's just not the pro, pro the prototypical kind of cornerback that we're looking for, right? That length and that crazy athleticism. The guy like Tom, uh, that our guy like uh, Campbell brings to the table. He just doesn't have that type of athleticism. But he's still a really good player and a guy that I think down the road could have a role for us. But I'm with you. Uh, I think he's definitely in line for probably a redshirt season. Uh, unless he can find his way into maybe a special teams role, I just like, he's kind of small. I don't I don't see him in that role, so I would say probably redshirt would be the best guess I could throw at him, throw out there for him right now. Uh, all right, the, you, can, you mentioned him for a second there when we talked about uh, the uh, Luke Ford, the other tight end. Now we've got John Fitzpatrick from Marist, six six two thirty, a four star prospect in his own right. What role do you, you said you think he could potentially overtake Jackson Harris this year? Another guy. They could pass him by. Yeah, I do because he, he, he's more of a inline blocker. Not that he can't offer passes, but he's, inline blocking is more of his thing. He's I mean, not. He's, he's not. He doesn't have as much weight as Luke. I mean, they're both six six. Luke Ford's got about fifteen pounds on him, according to their measure. Their two four seven measurements and how accurate that is, we don't know, especially yeah, right you now. Can change that very easily. Yeah, oh, absolutely. With, with that kind of frame, there's just, just we don't again. We don't know what he's done in the offseason. We don't know what he's weighing in at right but now. Yeah, but he, of, of the two. 
two, he's the one that's more comfortable in line blocking. You've got to think about where he went to high school. He did um, a lot more of it at Marist, yeah. There's no doubt. Ah, man, I'm I'm gonna say Fitzpatrick redshirts. It wouldn't shock me, but I think I think Ford would be the guy who gets uh, more in the rotation for him. But I wouldn't count him out. I'm not gonna completely count him out, but if I had to project right now, I, I'm agree, I agree with you that Ford would be the guy who's a little more game ready, a little more versatile from the get go. I just think Jackson Harris is going to maintain one of those. He's going to be in the rotation somewhere. There's number three, number four tied in, and, and those heavy packages. Uh, I just think Fitzpatrick's probably going to be that fifth guy that's on the outside looking in, and will probably be in line for redshirt. Just my guess. I don't know. We'll see. In, I mean, he's talented enough to come in and, and, and make some waves if he took the offseason seriously. Uh, Jackson Harris doesn't pick his game up a little bit. But I, I'm, I'm going to say the safe bet here for me would be redshirt. Uh, now, here's a guy, another one. I'm very interested to hear what you have to say because I think we're going to need him. Uh, Jordan Davis, big defensive tackle, 6'6", 330 out of Mallory Creek, North Carolina. Not a super highly rated guy, only 425 nationally, a three-star prospect. Do you see him playing much at all for us this year? I can see him starting off with garbage time, just trying to get him comfortable. But, I, I mean, I think later in the season he could work himself into the rotation to get maybe five to ten snaps a game. I don't see him being a starter. I don't see that at all. But I do. No, not, there's no chance of that. But I think he could get some snaps. Yeah, I, I actually I'm gonna take it a step further. I think he gets more than five to ten snaps a game. I think he he is gonna he's one guy that fills a role that we do not have. He fills the John John Atkins role. We do not have a guy that's that big. Now Davis is. Let's be real. This guy is raw. Okay, I'm I am under no illusions here. He is very raw at this stage in his in his development, but. We just don't have a guy that has that sheer size. We don't have it on the inside, and that concerns me because one of the reasons we were so successful against the run last year and one of the reasons Roquan was able to be as good as he was. Now, Roquan is just freakishly incredible. Don't get me wrong. But how many times is Roquan running free out there because John John Atkins is eating up double teams inside? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Do we have that guy on the roster right now? No. We don't have we don't have a guy that could fill that role. I thought Julian might be able to do that, but he slimmed down. Julian's like 305 right now, maybe. He's not going to eat up d- double teams like like Atkins did last year. Daquan Hawkins Muckle, who's playing that role, uh, that zero tech nose guard in in the spring game, he's he's about three oh five, three ten, somewhere like three hundred, three ten, somewhere in that range. He's not going to consistently eat up double team blocks like like Atkins did last year. Davis has the size to do that. Now he's got to play with a lot better leverage. He's got to get lower. I mean, he's got to get stronger. Now he's big, but he's got to get stronger. But he is a body that we that we just don't have on the roster right now. So I honestly, once he kind of gets with the program a little bit and and can get in the weight room and get his body right, I could see this guy playing. T- I not much more than what you said. You said five to ten. I'd say ten to fifteen snaps a game. I could see that because we just don't have a guy like that. I, I, we just don't have him. I could be totally wrong here. For me, it's either he does that or he redshirts. One of the two. But I just don't know if we can afford a redshirt because we don't have a guy that fits that that fits that profile right now. We just don't have. It. Now he's raw, man. He he might can maybe even classify him as a project, but we just we need size. We need dudes to tackles right now. All right, next guy here, uh, a legacy type guy out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We got a lot of guys from way outside our, our regular footprint this year, man. It just shows you the recruiting prowess of Kirby Smart and company, just being able to truly make us into a national brand here. But Oklahoma City, Owen Condon. Tall guy, 6'7", 300, very long wingspan, three-star prospect. I think he's a redshirt candidate. Where, do you see him working into the two-deep? Uh, there's no chance. He's definitely the redshirt type guy that would stay uh, for a long time. He's, he reminds me like 
the size that he has coming out of high school reminds me of a guy like Sage Hard. Remember him from a couple years back? Yeah, he, I agree. Well, he's he's long, he's tall and long right now, but really needs to add some weight and some good some good weight on there on his body and get stronger. I think he could really really benefit from a redshirt season. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player for us down the road. I absolutely think he can because he got the measurables in terms of the the wingspan and the the size. But I think redshirt would be something that would do him very well this year. Uh, got two left here. Our two lowest rated prospects in the 2018 class: Tramel Walthour as a defensive tackle. Uh, out of Liberty County, 6'4", 277 is what he's listed. He's probably more in the 280, 285 range right now. We're short on his tackles. We've we've gone over that. But are we short enough to where Jamel Walther is going to be a part of the, re- the regular rotation? No, he'll redshirt. The uh, pickup of the graduate transfer from Notre Dame really yeah. solidified that. Yeah, Jay Hayes is the guy. And it, w- it remains to be seen where Jay Hayes is going to play. He, gonna, he played a lot of five tech for Notre Dame last year, but you know, it was more of an, out of necessity. I think he could play that role for, for us for sure. But with guys like Ledbetter and David Marshall, we don't really need him there. I think we need him more. There's a more urgent need for him as a three-tech, and I think he can play that role as kind of a penetrating three-tech guy on the interior of the defensive line. But you're right. I think getting Jay Hayes, that kind of sealed Tramiel Walthour's redshirt. Because like Davis, he's very raw coming out of high school. I think he could be a good player for us down the road. But he's very raw. Some other project at this point. But he just doesn't have the size that Davis has. Davis has that size. It gives him at least a fighting chance to get in there and play for us as a zero-tech nose guard. But Walthour, yeah, definitely redshirt. And last guy here, people don't pay attention to these guys, and they're they're always undervalued because you know they're they're kickers. They don't play as much. But Jake Camarda, kicker, punter, out of Norcross, Georgia. I'm gonna go out on a limb, Kurt. Tell me if you disagree. I'm gonna say not just starter, day one starter as punter. I agree. You know, Marshall Long, you guys caught this. Uh, he's a guy that's on scholarship for us, but he underwent another surgery recently. So why we bring in a graduate transfer uh, to kick for us or to, to be a punter this year to compete for the punting job. Jake Kamara averaged what was that, 47 yards a punt, 45 yards a punt last year in high school. Uh, he's not going to take the kicking job because I think Rodrigo's clearly got that locked up. I'll, I'll certainly get a chance to compete for that. I think Rodrigo's the man there. But I think we're going to – there's a very good possibility Jake Kamara's going to start for us. Right now I would predict he's going to be our game one starter at punter. So – there you have it, guys. That is the 2018 class in its totality there. I want to just run through and just give you our take on where we think these guys fit in in the 2018 season, where do we have some, some holes that need to be filled, and who has a chance to get some early playing time. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show here today. Definitely let us know what you guys think. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where you agree with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, kind of interact with you guys there on social media. So just let us know. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. And as always, go dogs.